Publisher Podcast, Episode 105. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Publish Her Podcast. Have you ever wanted to pursue your MFA, your Master's of Fine Arts, but just haven't been able to find the time or the resources to be able to get it done? I know when I started uh, the journey of trying to write novels, especially moving out of the nonfiction world, I really considered whether or not I needed to go back to school to get this degree so that I could really be a real writer. Now I took a look at the programs and I took a look at my time with three small kids and I took a lot look at my <laughs> my money situation and I quickly decided there are plenty of authors who don't have an MFA who are doing just fine as authors. However, I will say in the journey to write, I've found there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about writing that I wish I had known and I wish I'd been educated on that might make my struggles a little smaller. So I fill that by conferences like the Women in Publishing Summit. I go to writing conferences. I attend things. I attend workshops. I do all of those types of things. But how cool would it be to have a program that I could do on my own time focused on my needs as a writer at a more reasonable budget? And that's what I'm talking to Gabriella Pereira about today. She had similar challenges and created her own program, the DIY MFA. So I'm excited to not only talk about what she's done, but also um, to let you know about this program and so that you can go sign up and get information about it. There is a link in the show notes if you go over to this and um, and look at the link. You can also go to womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash DIY MFA, that's Master of Fine Arts, and get the link to her webinar series and some other things that she is doing um, with the launch of her next cohort of students. So be sure to check all of that out. And most importantly, I hope you enjoy the show. But before we get started, I want to remind you about PubSite. If you haven't gone over and to check out their free two-week training deal, you want, or not free week training deal, their trial, you want to go to womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash PubSite and check that out. Um, if you're looking to DIY your website, this is a great opportunity for you. And we actually recently did a, a behind the scenes look at how to do, uh, how to set up your author website with PubSite very, very, very easily. And I'm, I'm happy to say it was a great success. And that's on our YouTube channel. But if you head on over to womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash PubSite, you can set up a two free week trial, no credit card, no payment information necessary at all. Play around with it, watch their tutorials, see the things on their blog and website on how to easily set up your author website and be good to go and ready to promote your book on your own website within an hour, uh, really. I mean, it was it was that easy to, to set it up. So anyway, be sure to check them out. All right, now let's talk about DIYing the MFA. So please enjoy the show and make sure again, lots of links today, but basically womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash whatever it is you're looking for. <laughs> so womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash DIY MFA will get you the link that you need to to learn specifically more about, um, about the DIY MFA program. So all right, we'll see you soon. Mm. 
Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been And I felt what you're feeling And I don't wanna get in your way All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Publish Her podcast. Today, we are speaking with Gabriela Pereira. She is an author, speaker, and entrepreneur who wants to challenge the status quo of higher education. As the founder and instigator of DIYMFA.com, that's F as in Frank, Uh, Her mission is to empower writers, artists, and other creatives to take an entrepreneurial approach to their education and professional growth. Amen to that. Gabriella earned her MFA in writing from the New School and speaks at college campuses and national conferences. She is also the host of DIY MFA Radio, a popular podcast where she interviews best-selling authors and book industry professionals and author of the book DIY MFA, Write with Focus, Read with Purpose, and Build Your Community. I really can't think of a better guest to have in front of our community. So I'm so glad we somehow managed to find each other and that you are here with us today. Welcome, Gabriella. Thank you so much for having me. I am so thrilled to be here. Well, this is, I mean, you you cover the gamut in all of your stuff. And I, I always like to ask our, more for, from curiosity, because I'm so interested in people's stories and their journeys. How, how did, how did this start? How did you, how did this become a thing? <laughs> so I've got sort of a two-part story. The first part is uh, I was at graduation from the traditional MFA program, and I had a wonderful MFA experience. I loved my MFA program. I kind of wanted to keep going, and I didn't want to graduate, but mm-hmm. I was you know, sitting in graduation and kind of bummed out that I was graduating, and I half expected like the light to stream in through the window and like you know the clouds part and like angel choirs whisk, you know, sing from above and go, ah, and like someone would whisper and go, you are now officially a writer. And of course that didn't happen. And instead what happened was I was also thinking about all of the people I knew who hadn't gone to MFA programs. So I had a writer's group. I knew other writers from conferences and things like that. And so I was thinking about all these people who hadn't had this opportunity And to be honest, Alexa, like even now today, I probably wouldn't go back to an MFA program. Like I'm not in a place in my life where I could go back to an MFA program. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, like (laughs) I've got kids now, I've got a full-time job running DIY MFA. There's no way I'd be able to go back to school now. At the time, I was in this very lucky position where I could go back to school and get this degree. And I loved getting this degree. And so I had this idea for what if you could DIY your MFA? Like I literally was sitting in graduation and it popped into my head. And so of course, like any writer, I did what any writer in 2010 would do. I went home and went to my little teeny tiny blog that had 12 followers, one of whom is my mother. uh, (laughs) And I blogged about it. And I figured this blog post would go out into the ether and nobody would see it and it would be, you know, just gone, right? Like nobody would react to it or anything. The next morning, I woke up to a whole bunch of comments in the blog post and a whole bunch of emails in my inbox. And I was like, 
hmm, something to this. (laughs) There's something to this. Yeah. So that's when I realized like, you know, I didn't have a clear path after the MFA program. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Did I want to go into publishing? Did I want to actually publish a book and like finish off my thesis and all of those things? Um, I was sort of, you know, there were a lot of different directions I could go. And so I decided this is part two of the story. I decided to run an experiment. So I figured, you know, it was summertime. I I do this experiment in September. I figured this would give me a nice long runway over the summer to plan out the experiment and figure out what I was going to do. And the experiment was this. I was going to blog about this idea of DIY MFA every single day for the whole month of September. And if you think about like where the blogosphere was in 2010, there were a lot of blogging challenges, you know, people had like the alphabet challenge and the, you know, blog every day about X kind of challenge, you know, like there were all these things like blogging was in its heyday. So it kind of made sense to do this in a blog format. And I figured the the purpose of the experiment was going to be that I was testing two things. I was going to test first whether I had enough to say on the topic. So I figured if I got to the end of September and I ran out of things to say, then that was the end of it. And I would just you know, say goodbye DIY MFA and move on. Um, The other thing I was testing was how much uh, audience I would have. So I had this teeny tiny blog with 12 followers, one of whom was my mother. And I, you know, figured like either those 12 followers would all abandon me. Maybe mom would stick around, but like all the others would, you know, all abandon me because they were sick about hearing DIY MFA or I would attract more followers. And what ended up happening was the two positive things. I ended up having more than enough things to say by the end of the month of September. In fact, I even lopped over into October because I had even so much more to say, I kept going. And then the other thing is my my followership went from 12 followers to about 400 in a month, wow. which in back in 2010 was a substantive jump. So I what I realized was like, there was something to the idea, but then there was actually actual data, like I knew, like, on the ground that there was data that this idea had something to it. And so from there, I then started developing, like, how was I going to build DIY MFA? At first, I thought it was only a book. And I figured, like, I was going to build my author platform and publish a book, and that was going to be it. But then I had a mentor who told me, it's actually not a book, Gabriella. It's a whole business model. And I was like, oh, shoot, now I have to start a business. And so, you know, that whole thing got started. And then, you know, we started, we offered one course, and then another course, and eventually it grew to what it is today. That's amazing. And it, it, I mean, also, you know, they, they, there's that, there's that um, saying about luck, you know, luck and all those kinds of things. But I think it's, there's a lot of right place and right time. And I know for me, I was getting started in the industry also around the same time, 2010, 2011. Um, and just like, the opportunities that became available because of the boom in self-publishing and so many mm. people wanting to come into this world now and, and publish their own books. And so anytime I he- see the story of someone who was smart enough, and we didn't know, obviously we had no idea, had no idea. the impact that the Kindle would have on self-publishing and, and, yes. and KDP and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, kudos to you for for running with that idea, for seeing something and doing exactly what you're teaching other people to do, right, is to take an entrepreneurial approach to, exactly. to our businesses as authors. So that's really awesome. Well, let's talk about, and, and I love actually the, the background of your story because I'm actually in that place right now. I've written primarily nonfiction books. 
I'm a trained technical writer. That's what I did in my career in, um, in Homeland Security and intelligence. And But now I'm starting to dabble in fiction and I'm feeling this as I'm learning how to write. I'm like, there is so much, you know, I'd always heard people talking about the importance of working on your craft. And I didn't realize just how extensive that craft knowledge was until I actually started trying to write some fiction works. And, and you're like, oh my gosh, just character development alone, but then understanding beats and story arcs and, you know, all these character arcs and all of these things. I'm like, what in the world is all of this stuff? And how do I learn how to do it? And so hearing you, but I can't, I can't just go back to graduate school or to a, to a, an MFA program and, and, and do that right now with where I am in my life and business and all of that. So I, that resonated with me. So I'd love to hear more about the DIY why MFA program, because it may be the perfect fit for me right now too. <laughs> So DIY MFA is broken down into three parts. In the beginning, when I was doing that blog experiment, it was something like 10 parts. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I realized that like 10 parts was way too many and I needed to streamline it down. But basically, it's three components. Write with focus, read with purpose, build your community. And that's essentially what an MFA does. Like when you go to an MFA program, you're going to take some in some programs you take a class on craft some programs you just do the workshop but you're learning craft in the workshop as well but there's like a writing piece mm -hmm. and then there's the reading piece like i can't think of a single program that doesn't have a literature requirement that you don't right. have to take at least one literature class while you're in the mfa program and then there's the community piece where you know professors come and do readings guest authors come and do readings there are, you know like all those schmoozing opportunities where you can meet like these big name authors and all all of that. Uh, and so, you know, you've got those three components. So when I was thinking about like, how do I create a DIY version of that? I realized that you had to have all three components to it. You had to have the piece that dealt with the writing part. And so at DIY MFA, we tackle both the like, writing piece in terms of the craft, but we also talk about like motivation and productivity and how do you actually get those words on the page in the first place? Because that whole piece, you know, MFA programs tend to assume that you already know how to get the words on the page oh, because right. most of the people, by the time they've gotten there, they've, you know, they've gotten to that point. But a lot of folks at DIY MFA are early in their writing careers. And so they're just trying to get like you know, a short story done and they're trying to get, you know, just the words on the page and figure out what it is that they're writing later. So there's that piece, like getting words on the page and then the craft component. And one of the things that I firmly believe in, in terms of the craft is I'm, I'm a visual person. I have a background in design, graphic and product design before DIY MFA. And so I love distilling craft concepts into visuals or into streamlined models that, you know, like you, you can turn like revision into a pyramid and you can turn, you know, world building into like a sort of bullseye, like ripple effect kind of diagram and things like that. So I'm really into creating these streamlined, uh, models so that writers, A, it's memorable for writers so that they can actually use it and B, so that it's easy to understand. Like one of the things that I really work hard at at DIY MFA is to try to take complex topics like voice or point of view and make them concrete, make them something that's easy for people to wrap their heads around. Yeah. The reading piece is all about like, there's sort of three parts to it. There's the, what do you read? How do you read it? 
And then how do you apply what you read? So the, what do you read is all about like figuring out what books you're going to put on your reading list. And so in an MFA program, you get a syllabus. The professor says, here are the books you need to read in this literature class. As a DIY mfa -er, you get to figure out what your books are going to be. And so you want to make sure that you have a good mix of different books on your reading list so that while it's very good to do deep dives into your genre and really focus in on the area that you're writing, you want to make sure that you're also tapping into other areas so that you're getting influence, not just from one slice of the market. Then there's the how do you read part. And this is where you want to think about reading, not just sort of on a surface level of like what's happening in the story, what is the character doing, things like that, but thinking more deeply, like why is the author writing this text? Why is the author making this argument in the, the text? Why did they tell this story in this way? And then you kind of take it a step further and you ask yourself, okay, how can I apply this to my own writing? So that's the piece, the application piece, where you think about like, you're taking what you read, but you're not just reading like a reader because right. a reader just reads for the story, but you're reading now like a writer and you're reading with the strategic mind asking yourself, okay, how can I take that turn of phrase that I really loved in this particular paragraph and unpack what's going on there and then repackage it up in my own way, in my own writing. So you're not like copy pasting, you know, from somebody else, but you're sort of unpacking their method and then trying to apply their method to your own writing. And so that's the key to the application part. And then finally, you've got the community piece, which is the uh, also broken down into three parts. It's community with your peers, community with your, basically your platform, and then community with the publishing industry. And so we go into, both in the book and in our flagship course, we go into like all those three components of uh, building your community and how you sort of go about it and different, you know, pieces of advice on how to navigate those things. So that's basically what DIY MFA is and sort of how it's put together and how it works. That's really comprehensive. And I think it's fantastic. And I'm curious, like, um, do you have a certain person who's the right fit for this program? I mean, um, is it going to work for every type of author? Or is it working for specific genres, specific types of authors, specific goals? So this, the type of author that it works for is somebody who is entrepreneurial. So it's, this is not going to work for somebody who wants to be handed a syllabus and wants to be handed an instruction manual and wants to be handed like all of the instructions on what to do. Um, that's where like the MFA does a really good job of doing that kind of work and giving you the sort of structure of having, a, you know, a program in place. Um, DIY MFA, you have to be self-starter. You have to be somebody who is, you know, motivated from, you know, internally. Now I will say that like in terms of the craft, like for instance, in the DIY MFA book, the craft chapters are very fiction focused. Um, we don't go into like how to nonfiction as much, although I do teach some how to nonfiction because, you know, that's what I write. Um, so there is some of that, like in the DIY MFA universe, just not so much in the book and in our main course, um, because we really are so, sort of focusing on writers who are writing narratives. So fiction and then memoirists, anybody who's got sort of a storyline to what they're writing, um, those are kind of the, the ideal 
types of writers, but it runs the gamut. I mean, we've had, we've had poets in our programs. We've had, you know, our community has, you know, memoirists and essayists and, you know, writers of all stripes. And of course, a lot of fiction, genre fiction, you know, a lot of writers who write genre fiction are left out of the MFA system because mm. there aren't MFA programs that focus on genre. I was mm. lucky. I went, I was writing children's books and I went to one of the very few programs that actually had a children's writing division in their wow. MFA program, but there aren't that many of them. There's like maybe two or three. And wow. so, you know, and genre is even less. So, you know, if you're a genre writer, where do you go? What, what do you do to get your instruction? Well, if you're a self-starter, you start to like learn from different places. And we wanted at DIY MFA to provide a space for those writers. So when you're doing the reading component, how do you actually, um, how do you actually support authors who are going in these different things? I would imagine you have a program that's got a selected reading um, co course curriculum. And how do you help the people who want to be better fiction writers as opposed to better uh, children's book writers? Or how's, how's that all work? I'm curious. We don't prescribe what they read. Every writer is reading something completely different. So like oh. what, like the writers make their own reading lists. What we teach them is we show them, like we model how you read your stuff. And so, you know, I give examples on like, this is a passage and this is how I unpack this passage. And this is how I figure out what's going on on a deep gut level of this passage. Wow. But like, then they take those strategies and they apply them to the cozy mystery that they might be reading or to okay. the romance novel that they might be reading or whatever. Wow, that's really cool. So are these pre-recorded as a self-paced program? Do you do live instruction? How does that all work? So our flagship course, which is called DIY MFA 101, is basically uh, what I just described. Like that's sort of the layout of the course. And that's like our main foundational course. We have other programs that are more advanced, um, but this that's the main program. Um, so in terms of like how it's delivered, it, we do have pretty much everything is pre-recorded, the, the sort of the core materials. But then we also have live calls throughout the semester so that people can ask questions and, you know, just have that community time together. Mm -hmm. That's great. I, you know, and in today's world, especially if we are talking about the kind of people who are probably raising children or have families and other commitments and are working and all these other things, like the flexibility of being able to watch on my own time is, is, is really valuable. Um, yeah. Okay. I've had writers actually tell me like, I log in at two o'clock in the morning. That's the only time I can watch the videos. So yeah, that's the whole point of having it be pre-recorded is so right. that anybody, and also people across the world, we've had people as far as like Indonesia or, you know, Australia or New Zealand also do the course. And so we want to be able to accommodate people everywhere. Now you mentioned a semester time frame, which goes along with, you know, the school concept, but is it a rolling program or do you only open your doors in certain times? We only open our doors at certain times. Right okay. now, the schedule that we're on is we open it in the fall. Okay. So that is good to know. So generally, what is the deadline for applying? So the, it, there's no application process. You oh. just, you know, sign up if you want to <laughs> take the course. Um, it's, I it's got a little too far into the school. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite like, it's, it's not something we're not going to turn you away at DIY MFA. If you're committed and you're going to do it, you know, that it's, it, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know the, um, right now we're still working out the logistics of like the, this next semester's mm -hmm. unrolling, but um, usually it's like, there's, 
there's a whole sort of three week process of like people kind of getting to know me. And then, mm -hmm. so we have like free videos that people mm -hmm. can watch. And then we do a free webinar that people can get to know me a little bit better. And then if they're ready to, you know, take the leap and participate in the course, they can sign up for the course if they like. Sounds good. Okay. So just uh, for those of you who are as intrigued by this and interested by the DIY MFA courses, I am, if you go over to the link um, to the show notes for this, you'll find a link where you can go watch a video about the program and learn more about it. Um, if you're watching this after it closes in the fall, when you go to this video, it'll redirect you to a place to get on the waiting list for next time. So either way you can learn about it and prepare for the next time it opens in the meantime, do you all offer other courses that are available year round? So our courses are all, our courses are all like specific timeframes. Okay. So we have like, we have a suite of three courses. So 101 is one of our courses. Then we have a pixels to platform course, which is all about platform that usually releases in the spring. And then we have a uh, course called find your creative flow, which is all about the like non-writing mindset stuff that has that lives around your writing that nobody talks about and so uh that's uh usually going to be in like the winter time like in you know january february march time of time of year right around there that's great um you had mentioned in your notes before that you have uh, specific core values that are really important so if you would like to share about those i think that's great for our listeners to hear as well yeah, so I'm a firm believer in the idea of core values because I think like core value as as writers and as entrepreneurs and like as writers we are entrepreneurs we're basically running a a publishing company of one mm -hmm. um and you know we're we're the CEO of our career. Um and so it's really easy to get pulled in a million different directions and to feel like you're making a million decisions every single day. And what I found is that when you have core values in place and you know what your core values are, then you filter all of those choices through your core values and those decisions get made for you because your core values will tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. So the DIY MFA core values, there are three of them, service, responsibility, love. And so if those three things are not like, if I'm deciding, should I do this project and it doesn't somehow serve an audience, my audience or someone else's audience in a positive way, or if it doesn't, you know, show, if I'm not showing up with true responsibility for my work, and if I'm not also, you know, showing love and kindness in that space, like if it's something that's draining me and making it so that I'm not showing up in that loving frame, frame of work, uh, frame of mind, that is an obvious no for me. Like I'm not going to do that thing. And so, you know, having those core values and using them as a filter is just an easy way. Like as a, as a writer, if you come up with what the, your core values are, and, you know, I would recommend to your listeners to like, think about what your core values are and see if you can, uh, narrow them down to like two or three things and then you know have those core values like put them up on a post-it note on your computer or in your vision board and you know have those core values top of mind all the time it's going to make your life so much easier because then you're not making a million different decisions all the time you're making two or three decisions on what your core values are and then everything else kind of gets filtered through those two or three decisions yeah that's great 
All right. Well, again, you can go over to the show notes. Actually, I'll set up a, a pretty link at womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash DIYMFA. That will lead you to the to uh, the information about the DIY MFA program. And um, I just, I really appreciate you. Is there any, do you want people to come uh, follow you any place specifically? Do you have social media? I'm sure you have social media. <laughs> yeah, we're DIY MFA on all social media. So if you look for DIY MFA, we're everywhere. Um, and the, but the best way to connect with me and the best way to get to know me better is through our email, because that's where I live. That is my jam. That is my zone. I love writing these really long and in-depth uh, newsletters. I've been told they like people read them all the way through. I'm like amazed because they're, they're long. Um, and, but I, I love connecting with my, I call them word nerds. My community is word nerds. Um, through the newsletter. So the best way to do that is to go to diymfa.com slash join, like to join the list. All right. We'll include that in there as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Gabriella. I always enjoy uh, speaking with other industry experts who are doing all that they can to help authors uh, get farther forward in this wild ride of, <laughs> of, of writing and publishing books. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.